This talk is offered by Ordinary Mind Zendo. Ordinary Mind was founded by Barry Magid, Dharma heir of Charlotte Joko Beck, and is dedicated to her vision of a psychologically minded Zen practice adapted to the needs of American students practicing in the context of their everyday lives. Our public programs are made possible by donations from people like you. Bodhidharma said, Self-nature is subtle and mysterious. In the realm of the unattainable dharma, not having thought of gaining is called the precept of not stealing. (coughs) One more description. Being satisfied with what I have I vow to take up the way of not stealing. Self-nature is subtle and mysterious. In the realm of the unattainable dharma, not having thoughts of gaining is called the precept of not stealing. The self and the things of the world are just as they are. The gate of emancipation is open. From the boundless way Zen precept ceremony. So the parameters that Claire described for our Jukai talk were pretty spacious. She said it should be personal. Um, That should be the intent as opposed to um, a teaching. Um, Perhaps a particular precept that spoke to us or something that we had learned or struggled with over the year. Um, We were also informed that it should not be in the form of an interpretive dance. <laughs> so I've been struggling a little bit since that was axed, as that's the direction I was going. Um, <coughs> over the course of the year, John, Bob, Hope, and Nils and I met with Claire to discuss one precept at a time. And I learned a lot and uh, really kind of struggled with what I wanted this talk to be about, and uh, Lucas said, why don't you just talk about you know, growing up with a Dharma dad? I said, that's exactly what I don't want to talk about. <laughs> I, I really wanted this talk to be about why I get up in the morning and put my robe on, not why I was taught to put on my robe or why I feel like I should put on my robe. And... Uh, a lot of my work with Barry and with the OMZ Sangha has really been about finding my own way, my own path, and uh, letting myself be within that. And I really felt that this year, especially um, with my Jukai group. And uh, going back to my notes. So I would, we would have the Jukai group, and I would go home, and Lucas would say, you have that post-Jukai glow about you. <laughs> you know? Everyone knows that glow, right? Where uh, the things of the world are just as they are. And for me, that usually means that I'm not controlling anything. Uh, I'm not beating myself up about anything. 
um, letting myself be seen. And I felt that that um, space held within the Jukai group. So I knew pretty early on that I wanted to do number two, the precept of not stealing. So I've had more than enough time to chew on it. And uh, Claire said, is your talk ready? And I said, well, I started with Aiken and it's about three pages. And then I went back to edit in with Rosetta and Ford and I edited down to five. So <laughs> there's clearly a lot of like getting stuck around um, what Barry would say is my secret practice, which is um, getting it right. Uh, and I had more than enough time this afternoon waiting for this evening to kind of get stuck in that. A couple weekends ago, we went up to Dia Beacon to the museum up there. Uh, it's a really big contemporary art museum that's in an old um, Nabisco factory. And um, huge open space, white walls, lots of light through the ceiling, everything that is like my safety zone. Um, spacious, well lit. Um, even the art, I mean, it's contemporary art, so uh, it had that sense, clean lines, lots of order, right? <laughs> Again, all the things that, like, send my happiness bell a, a ringing. Um, but not order that is um, controlled, not order that is um, life-stifling, right? Um, it really, I felt like I feel in the Jukai group, like I feel sometimes when I'm sitting in front of Barry, uh, when I look into Claire's eyes. And uh, sometimes when I'm sitting in front of a wall, and uh, it's one of the little things that I use, and I can't get out of my um, personal bat, right? The like little girl in me has a bat and she's like swinging around and like really going at it inside. Uh, not good enough, not good enough, not good enough. I uh, pictures Barry's face, his head in front of me on the wall. <laughs> you know, like sitting across in the Dokosan room and it just like opens it up for me. Um, and that's what Dia Beacon was like, that sense of there are no requirements from you, Jessica, to be in this space. Um, and that, it like opens up my backpack of tightness and fear and really that sense of if I don't get it right I won't be loved I'm not loved I and mean, that was really the sense of um, 
practice as a way to fix yourself because there's lacking there. Um, Love is not earned. And that, even just like saying that, is like, whoo! I mean, (laughs) hearing it, saying it, it's like hot in the chest. And I know I come by that honestly. I see that in my family. I see that in my grandparents. And I guess that's that's part of the work of the precepts for me, is um, seeing that And sitting with it, the tightness, the fear, the feeling like I'm not good enough unless I just do it right, Um, that kind of uh, killing life, taking, saying no to life. sitting in that sort of hot spot. So that's the, the, the places that open up, right? The, the Dia Beacon, the Barry's Head, the Jukai Group. Right? Those are the places where I feel that sense of uh, the gate of emancipation is open. Right? There, the mind is at peace. Um, there's no sense of um, grasping or stealing. That's the good news. <laughs> that, that I feel that. When, that. when that is going on, I am really aware um, of uh, okayness and safety with the big picture. And when I mentioned to Barry that I wanted to do, um, originally I said, you know, I'm gonna do the relationship between two and eight. Uh, and eight is not sparing Dharma assets. And uh, <laughs> to me, they both, they resonated, they both with that sense of tightness. I read them both in the, the books that we did and I had that sense of like, peeling away from my skin, getting a little tight and hard, uh, also known as separation. <laughs> but it, it lands on me very physically. Right? Uh, mine, not yours. I'm sticking with two. <laughs> two and eight felt like a little much. But um, Barry said, oh, yes, I'm paraphrasing here. Oh yes, union, right? How we separate, marriage, uh, sangha. I'm sure there were some other words in there, but what I got was separation, marriage, sangha. And 
And I thought the, the precepts were kind of interesting. I wonder, like, 20 years from now, if I redo these in this exact same way, how I may, like, totally different layers peel back. You know, it might hit totally differently. James Ford in this book says, um, if you're lucky, your heart will break, said, first, it is a call to a certain contentment with who we are as we are. And so that's my kind of secret practice, right? Fixing, fixing, not content. (coughs) Second, we're called to an acknowledgement that in this home, even as we are one, we are also many. How we encounter the things of our lives, particularly those we feel to be ours, is the ultimate spiritual discipline. How we treat things informs how we are as individuals and becomes the basis for our engagement with the whole of the world. Okay, so I like that one. How we encounter the things of our lives, particularly those we feel to be ours, is the ultimate spiritual discipline. And this, to me, is what, is what Barry talks about when um, he reminds me of the, big, the bigger union. Um, and this is, this is slippery for me. I'm chewing on this one. So how I define myself is made up of I like my sangha, uh, my significant other, my teacher, my yoga, my yoga skills. Um, And all of these things are external. They're outside of me. But they also create me. So there's this this place, right? This, um, and this is kind of where like the control bit comes in. When I'm at ease, when I'm giving myself freedom, I can meet all of these things that are made up of me, outside of me, space. There's no stealing. There's no rigidity. There's no control. And that's, for me, the place of really um, deep challenge and fear and confusion. Um, And that's the practice spot for me. So I've been working with the idea of a parachute. Um, when, when, When I was a kid keep it me-oriented. When I was a kid, in gym class, you, um, you had a big parachute, and everyone, like if we had one in the middle, and everyone held the corner of it, 
right? And you're on the outside of it. And the teacher says, all right, three, two, one. And everyone lifts up the parachute, and you all step inside. And then you pull the parachute down behind you, and you're all sitting down, right? So you're sitting inside what to me as an adult feels like a diaphragm, but as a kid, it's definitely, definitely a parachute. And, and I found that when I do that with Lucas, when I'm feeling like isolated and alone, and I don't feel like we're on the same page, and I'm about to say something that's like sharp and controlling and like, I feel fear rise up. And if I, like, can pull the parachute up and throw it down and remember Barry saying, you don't have to be on the same page. Right? But to be in the parachute, it gives me a sense of safety back. And it also opens up life again. I did that on a subway this week, just as practice, where I did that parachute image with everybody on my subway car. Really. (laughs) And it was actually really kind of cool. Like, it really gave me a sense of connection and Jessica-ness. Like, I completely felt like Jessica. And we were all in it together, and everyone was, like, doing their thing, and it had nothing to do with me. And yet, everything to do with me. The Sangha reminds me to do that. Dogen Zenji says, to study the self is to forget the self. And to forget the self is to become one with all beings. And then Justice Aiken quote, when the self is forgotten, the play becomes the thing, and everyone benefits.